0: step right up and gather around. Tall folks, kindly at the back, please. I am Professor Splatter, and I'm the curator of this here spookatorium. Through these doors are wonders and horrors, maybe even a laugh or two. From the dark corners on every street today, all back through recorded time, you will hear music and tales of the unknown, mysterious, and perhaps even diabolical. That's right, folks. There are strange things beyond threshold, but if you weren't curious, you wouldn't be here. So, will you take a chance and come on in, or will you saddle up to the concession stand and always wonder what you may have missed? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Professor Gruntsplatter's spookatorium. There will be no refunds once you enter. Thank you for your attention, and the brave ones...
1: David Venarod, the United States of America, the United States of America, and
0: Greetings once again. This is episode 19 of Professor Gruntsplatter's Spookatorium. I am your host, Professor Gruntsplatter. Uh, opening the show up was Niadra Muratica with Vox Alimentis. Following that was Hate Policy from Econocon. Uh, after that, Lullaby to a Ghetto uh, from Capo, which is a collaboration between Douglas P. of Death in June and Richard Leviathan of Strength Through Joy. And... Uh, last track there was Overheating Passage from iBurn. Once again, I want to remind you of the Spookatorium website at www.spookatorium.org. There's the Flickr group that has a bunch of cool photos um, from different people that you can link to from there. Uh, There's about 150-some members now and 600-some photos, I think. Um, As far as uh, what's been on the website since the last show, uh, I've got a piece up there about a video that appeared about a year or so ago, so it's been around for a while. It was shot in Mexico and it's believed to be footage or it's it's alleged to be footage of a flying humanoid. Um, the silhouette of this entity floating across the horizon that sort of bears the resemblance to an outline of a, of a witch on a broom. So, there's a, a Mexican news story there that's got subtitles that uh, reports on it. Um, there is a video of someone uh, dissecting it and sort of looking at it closer um, to see if they can determine what it is because it's, it's not clear from the, from the video. And then there's also a clip there of a military apparatus that, that is strikingly similar looking to what's on the video from Mexico. Um, so have a look at that, I thought it was interesting because you don't often see claims of, of flying witches on video, and even though I, I think it's probably explained in another way, I, I still thought it was interesting, and you can check that out. Here, in the cobbled corridors of the library of curios and oddities, the relics and tomes of imagination... And secret
2: knowledge await your inspection. So, Doctor Adam Hewitt, are you amazed by this book?
3: Yes, I am very amazed, uh, and I would even say that I'm I'm startled by it. I mean, this is it's it's a puzzle. It's it's an enigma. I mean, do, do you understand what I, I mean? I mean, how how can an old book possibly affect the mind of its reader in a way he or she goes nuts? I know the book represents a risk, but it also represents a most intriguing parapsychological challenge. And I'm fully aware that uh, this is something that has to be researched, and and I will scrutinize this.
0: That was an excerpt of an interview with a Dr. Hewlett uh, in regards to a book known as Oragor, The One Who Waits, or uh, it's also known as The Prophecy of Oragor. The book is alleged to have been written in 1732 and is billed by one website as the most horrifying book ever written. The legend goes that the book details a world ruled by the Antichrist and that it is so terrifying that should one read it, they will quickly become insane or die. Uh, The website is called evilbook.org.uk and it's run by a Danish freelance writer. And it claims to be researching the origins of this book to unravel the mystery. And uh, this person who's run the site has posted to numerous forums and also added videos to YouTube of these interviews um, of those who are supposedly aware of this book. Like, for instance, this guy.
3: I got dizzy every time I read a passage from it. I mean, I just got scared and, and it frightened the shit out of me. And then, I mean, and, and just like the fucking book, I mean, like every passage, I mean, everything that I read. I mean, it, it, it happened. I mean, it's like, fuck. I mean, it's like, I, I, I don't know what to say. I, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm almost at a loss of words, but yet, I mean, I, I mean, I wish I hadn't even tried, you know, picking up this fucking thing. I mean, because it scares the shit out of me every time I think about everything that I read and everything that I experienced. I mean, I just, I, I warn you, don't, I mean, don't read the thing. It'll make you crazy. Don't fucking read the thing because you'll go nuts. Uh, I mean, what, I mean, if I, I wouldn't wish this on anybody. I wouldn't. This is a fucking nightmare that I live, and I would not wish it on anybody. But, I mean, I want to get rid of the fucking thing. I wish I could just get rid of the fucking thing, give it away to somebody. But I mean, I, I can't give it to anybody. Who? I mean, I want to burn it. I want to fucking destroy the book. I want to get rid of it. I want it out of my life. Every time I think of it, I'm overwhelmed with fear, and it scares the shit out of me. And I mean, I. Don't read this thing, I I bet you do not fucking read
0: the book. The site claims that, quote, contemporary records, unquote, confirm people have died attempting to read it, but posts no source as to what those records are or who would keep such records in the first place. It also alleges that untold copies were burned and destroyed, but that a copy has surfaced and it's in the possession of the chief psychiatrist of of the parapsychology department, at a leading neuropsychological research hospital in the southwest part of England. That hospital is unnamed. Uh, Claims that the writings from the book come true for those who read it and that shapes appear and bizarre events unfold during its study are alleged as well. Uh, There's a diary supposedly that surfaced that's related to the book that claims to detail some of the aftermath of a family that was in possession of the book and ultimately uh, they all died but one of them uh... on a farm in normandy uh... the site purports to have some photos related to the farm incident but there are no dates to be found or any substantive information about any of it uh... to me this whole thing looks like a marketing ploy for a danish horror novel as i couldn't find any independent sources inquiring about or even mentioning the book. Only forum posts either started by the host of the site or others asking about the site as to whether or not it was legitimate or not. I did, however, find uh, this on the Unsolved Mysteries forum in a a thread about people's favorite books. This is a quote. To me, uh, it's the prophecy of Orogar, no doubt. Unfortunately, it's written by a Danish writer, and has not yet, I think, been translated into English, but having lived there for a few years in Denmark, I know some Danish and I have read it. It's terrific and downright horrifying at the same time and really, really scary. Furthermore, it demonstrates that what most other horror stories don't, a very fine sense of humor. I hope it will soon be out in English, but I do admit that the translation could be difficult, since part of it is written in an old kind of language. Uh, that was from October of '07. So it looks like this whole thing appears to be a thinly veiled Lovecraftian hoax uh, with the research on this so lacking in actual research and con- concrete information. The book review, um, it all sort of pieces together to be an, an imaginative way to generate interest in a fictional work. And some are suggesting it's a reference to a book by somebody named Pale Vibe, uh, written in 1978 that was never published, called Aurigars, um and that person, Palais Vibe, if that's how you say it, um, uh, is also the owner of the domain evilbooks.org.uk. I also found it interesting that the, the webmaster is Danish. The book is being secretly kept in an English hospital, uh, w- an English hospital that happens to have a parapsychology department whose chief psychiatrist happens to use clinical terms like make people go nuts, and... Um, Yet the two interviews that have appeared both feature Americans, Americans who make no reference as to any specifics of what is in the book aside from fear and horror. So it's an interesting idea, um, to be sure, but ultimately it seems like a poorly plotted fraud, I am afraid. Um, I couldn't find any admission to the hoax, though. Uh, and all references, even on the English version of Wikipedia, were removed for lack of supportive information. Um... If you have any additional info or if you've read the fictional book uh, mentioned, please let me know.
4: This is your so restricted Restricted to a mere fraction of this earth This earth is the tree hold the gold This earth where people are down flooded That flood in with an
0: set ended with evolved as one from napalm death uh before that was venom with rip ride my favorite venom song and uh head of david started that off with "Ditchwater." we find ourselves in the spookatorium portraiture gallery home to all manner of askew personality, and the eccentric characters of history. Listen close as we delve into their stories. The estimated death toll of the European witch hunts sits at approximately 50,000 people. The murder of alleged witches began to trail off after about 1650. However, nearly 130 years after it had fallen out of vogue, the small Swiss town of Glarus executed Anna Goldie in 1786 as a witch. When they beheaded her with a sword, it earned her the title of the last witch of Europe. Zurich journalist Walter Hauser unearthed some forgotten documents while researching a book on Goldie that indicated that she wasn't involved in witchcraft at all. She was instead a live-in maid who ap- was apparently sleeping with some of the most politically influential men of the day, many of whom were much younger than herself. There is speculation that she became pregnant and left for Strasbourg to avoid scandal. There she found work with another family of influence, that of Dr. Johann Schuti. The story goes that he made advances towards her, which she refuted and chose to bring her allegations to the church, which would threaten his position as a... in in society and uh, his future as a doctor Shudi countered her claims by declaring that Goldie had made one of his children violently ill and caused the child to vomit a hundred needles he cried witch Anna tried to duck town but was ultimately arrested and tortured under torture she admitted to having entered into a pact with the devil who she said appeared to her as a black dog when the torture ceased she recanted her confession and was tortured a second time until she confessed again Her trial for witchery was high spectacle for the day, complete with leaked documents and as much public chaos as you could generate in that day and time. She was officially convicted of murdering her second child, who died shortly after birth. This child was believed to be the result of her interactions with Judy. But the tales of witchcraft and torture that surrounded her and her ultimate execution inspired outrage throughout Switzerland and among the Holy Roman Empire. Since then, her name has become synonymous with injustice, and a movement was formed to have her posthumously exonerated. As of yet, that hasn't happened. There is, however, now a museum in Switzerland that commemorates her life, torture, and trial, as well as the literature and art that was inspired by her story. So the public opinion has elevated her memory beyond that of a witch, though they seem content to remember her as as a tramp, which seems to frequently be the case when we dig into stories of executed witches. It's not that the women were involved in witchcraft or anything sinister, but rather that they came in contact with men who made the women pay for their own miscalculations.
2: Ich bin, ich, ich bin nichts, nichts, was ich trinken kann. Ich, ich weiß mir in die Zunge und trinke, was ich kann. Eine, auf, mach nicht auf, mach nicht auf. auf Lea, ich bin, leer ich hör nichts. Ich höre nur keine, keine Zahl. Ich bin, das Freizeichen. Ich bin, schreit mich an. Ich bin, ich bin nichts von Ich bin, ich hier raus aus diesem Raum. Ich bin, yeah. Ja, ja. ja, 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 ja. Ich bin mach nicht auf, mach nicht auf, mach nicht auf. Leer. Ich bin nie mehr, Leer. ich bin nothing mehr. Ich bin keine her, ich, ich bin, bin offen offenbar, ich bin nicht als Licht, ich bin, ich bin nur noch nichts, ich bin, bin dieser neuer Tag. Irgendwo, bin nur nicht hier,
4: ich bin irgendwo, irgendwo. Mach nicht
1: auf, mach nicht auf! Ich, nicht mehr. ich bin. Mehr. Ich, bin nothing mehr. ich bin. Ich bin. Mehr. Leer mehr. Ich bin. Ich bin. Ah, ich bin. Ich bin. Ohne Elemente Ich bin. Ohne Elemente Ich bin. Ich bin. Ich bin. Ich bin. Ich bin. 911- inside- ich bin. Ich Ich bin. Ich bin. Ich bin. Ich bin.
2: schon bin nichts Ich bin nichts Schrank Ich nothing Mach das durch hart wird Ich Nee Mein Gast will nicht gehen Nee hart wird Aber das stört mich nicht So lange wenn mein Leben erleuchtet Ich bin kein Leben erleuchtet Ich bin kein Leben So bin wenn mein Leben erleuchtet Ich fall meine mit der leuchtet. ich fall
1: meine mit den leuchtet, ich fall meine mit den All leuchtet, fall meine mit den All leuchtet, falls meine mit den anderen Fahrleuchtet, fall meine mit den Ronnif leuchtet, fall meine mit der Unifahrt
4: leuchtet, mach
2: mich auf, mach mich auf, mach mich auf den Weg
0: to Professor Grunsblatter's Spookatorium. That was Deaf Master with the pusher mix of a track called The Fear of God. Uh, if anybody knows where I can find any Deaf Master full-length records, uh, shoot me an email. The email address is professor at spookatorium.org or you can leave a comment on the blog at spookatorium.org www.spookatorium.org uh, I've got a 7 inch and I've got a CD single of the same stuff that's on the 7 inch with an extra track, which is uh, what that song was from. Um, but I haven't been able to track down any full length albums, so uh, if you know, let me know. Uh, before that was Vane Cage with Ego Testicle, and then opening the setup was Einster Zende Neubauten with Ickbittens. Mind your fingers and toes as we step to the carousel of cryptids and creeping things that lurk in the shadows of history and along the back roads that stitch your neighborhoods together. In the mid-1700s, Erik Pontapoden, the Bishop of Bergen, published the National History of Norway. In the book, he mentions a serpent creature known as the Lindrum, a large, almost dragon-like serpent with ties going back into Norse mythology. His belief was that these creatures were real and were actually born on land, and when they became too large to navigate the rocky coastlines, they retired into the sea and became an active and real part of the collective lore. Jumping ahead, 1885, a Swedish scientist and folklorist named Gunnar Hilton Cavalius published 50-some-odd witness reports of this very creature. According to his summary, the serpent, measured 10 to 20 feet long, was as thick as a man's thigh, with a black body and a bright yellow underbelly. The neck bore a mane of hair, and with a sour attitude, the beast flashed a forked tongue through an imposing mouth of teeth. There was even a a legend that to consume the shed skin of one of the Lindorm would increase one's knowledge of nature and medicine. Hilton Cavalius offered a reward to anyone who could capture or kill one of these beasts, but none ever came forward to claim the reward. And as time went on and the 20th century dawned and faded, the sightings and reports of the Lindrum decreased significantly. Around the same time as Pontapodin's book appeared, across the North Sea in mainland Europe another curious serpent beast came into the public consciousness. The Tatzelworm was first reported in 1779 and was believed to live among the Alps of Bavaria, switzerland and austria the name translates to worm with claws and the descriptions vary widely so widely that some cryptozoological experts believe it may have been two distinct creatures Uh, it was believed to be anywhere between two and six feet long with a serpentine body four legs each with three toes uh, a mouthful of sharp teeth a blunt tail and and light skin then there are additional reports from some that it had a head more like a cat. This is the major discrepancy uh, that leads to the belief that that may have been actually two creatures. Uh, There were even a few reports that claimed to have seen the creature fly, but those were limited. Science was divided between the possibility of some sort of weasel creature, thus the cat head, um, and some type of large lizard. The description, aside from the cat head, uh, sounds very skink-like to me. Others have said if it existed, it may have been more akin to a Gila monster. Um, Its temperament was somewhat docile, and it would frequently flee when confronted with humans, though there were occasions when it was reported to have attacked. A man named Hans Fuchs reportedly happened upon two tetzel worms and became so frightened that he only had the energy to describe what he had seen to his relatives before he died of a heart attack. Um, Other reports of farmers recovering uh, there was a report of a five-foot skeleton being unearthed. Uh, no specimens, though, ever made it into the hands of science for any sort of identification or verification. Uh, in 1934, an alleged photo surfaced, but it was rather quickly ruled a hoax. The general belief among cryptozoologists is that the tatzel is not a real creature, but there's a great collection of reports and info over at uh, cryptomundo.com from Austrian cryptozoologist Louis Schonher. Uh, that is well worth taking a look at uh, for curiosity's sake, if nothing else.
4: I'm real.
2: I won't be living. Head first in the river. You'd stretch out for a helping hand. But once a day, I'd stand.
3: thing.
0: That ended with Pharmaceutical from Grotus. Uh, before that was Deja Vu from Tear Garden, And opening it up was Locust Furnace from Godflesh. Once again, if you hear your track on the show and you don't want it on the show, let me know. And I will remove it. Uh, to get in touch, the email address is professor at spookatorium.org. You can check out the website at www.spookatorium.org it's updated with stories and there's a link to the flicker group there's a link to the forums there um playing in the background today we had uh the 11th track from white noise for black rituals from aesthetic meat front also Subworld from nos and uh, underneath me now is the blood from by devil lock that's gonna do it for this episode uh Taking us home here is Black Ice from Dreamin' to Dust. Thanks for listening.